0: Welcome to the BSN Rams podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use the code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase.
1: On the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three... It's good, with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Or Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dump. And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State.
0: What's up, guys? Justin Michael coming to you from the basement of Canvas Stadium. Yeah, I'm, I'm recording remotely, so your boy is on the come-up. I'm starting to get a hang for this podcast shindig, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a fun show. It's day two of fall camp. Started yesterday. Really stoked to have football back, guys. I mean, just for the sake of having something to talk about. Even if we're going to argue and be mean and on Twitter and all that crap, whatever. Give it to me because it's football season and I can take it. And I and I'm ready for football. I mean, after I don't know if you guys are baseball fans. I know this is a, a CSU podcast, but I'm a big Rockies guy. And after watching the Rockies all spring and summer, uh, the I definitely just need this palate cleansed with a little bit of a little bit of head smack and a little bit of gridiron. So I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked for football to be back. It's going to be a fun show today. We're going to be joined by our first-ever guest, Eddie Herz of 247 Sports is going to join me in a few minutes. And we're going to just kind of give our thoughts about the team heading into the year, talk about the quarterbacks, maybe a few position battles. Like I said yesterday, you know, there's only so much you can get out of a practice in shorts. But it's, you know, it's competition. It's fall camp. We're, we're inching towards the regular season. We're almost going to full pads. Man, it feels good to say that. We're almost to full pads. But yeah, Eddie will be right back with me here in a few minutes. But just before, before he joins me, I just kind of wanted to give a few brief thoughts on what I got to watch today. Today, I really spent most of the time watching the wide receivers. Um, this is a position group that really just I'm kind of fascinated by at the moment. Mostly, you got Braylon Scott who moved over from defensive back. You have Nate Craig Myers who transferred in from Auburn, and then you just have a whole assortment of young guys out there who, it, you know, we don't really know like who, which one of them is going to end up, you know, taking the reign, being the next guy to make an impact in the offense. Obviously, there's Warren Jackson, who's you know the most experienced of everyone. But, you know, some of these other guys, Dante Wright, a freshman out of Navarre, Florida. I was watching him today running just really just some nice dig routes and just easy stuff like that. And he just looked really clean. I was, I was pretty surprised to see how smooth he was coming out of his breaks. Um, another one that I'm kind of interested to see, he's not a young guy, but Brandon Fulton, red shirt senior. Doesn't have a ton of size, Five 5'10", 184". Probably, well, not probably, definitely not as fast as some of these young freshmen and sophomores, but obviously is familiar with the system. Is pretty strong. He's a guy who I could see kind of maybe being a Joe Hansley-type possession slot guy for CSU this year. Um, another guys, another a couple of guys I'm looking at, Nico Hall. He's a sophomore out of Calabasas, California. Played a little bit last season. We're looking for Nico Hall, number 80, to take bigger strides this year. He has great speed, nice hands. He needs to be a little bit more consistent. Ty McCulloch, freshman out of Moreno Valley, California. Big-time recruit, picked CSU over San Diego State and Boise State. Uh, If you remember back, he was the guy who committed on TV last December, but he was a guy who looked pretty good today. So pretty interesting to to see what happens with this wide receiver group post-Alvis Witted. Uh, i was I was watching Joe Cox kind of work with people and instructing everyone about you know their pad levels, their running through, and you know, really working on their feet footwork and just being more explosive out of their breaks. And it's just like it's the little details like that that I really enjoy watching in practice because you don't get to you don't really get to see that side of the game too frequently and to watch him not just scream at players but actually like instruct them and see the players grasp it and make the correction is something that, you know, I enjoy watching. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. I think that's a sign of a great coach. That's kind of a, a redundant statement, a great coach. Coach is great, but you guys know what I mean. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what this group does this year. I said yesterday that I think the tight end group might actually be the best skill position if we're talking just sheer depth, but it's going to be fun. All right. Like I said, Eddie Herz of 247 Sports is going to be joining me in just a moment. We'll be right back after the break. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called the Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted Kolsch Ale. But for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned, where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a great time. Welcome back guys, like I said before the break we're about to be joined by a guest, Eddie Herz of 247 Sports, really good dude, we've been friends for quite a while now, a couple of years, uh, we're getting kind of old, it feels weird. Um, I will warn you, one of our microphones had some issues so we're going to share a microphone if it sounds like there's a little bit of a delay between questions and answers, that's why. But, you know, I figured this is better than, you know, scrapping the interview. So joining me today, Eddie Herz of 247 Sports. Eddie, how's it going?
1: Pretty good, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Eddie, this was obviously a really difficult season for CSU last year. From, from your perspective, what, what went wrong for the Rams last year? What, what was the biggest key to that team being so terrible? It's an interesting
1: question because there's more than one biggest key, I would say. You know, there wasn't enough that went right. Um, you know, obviously with two new defense or two new coordinators, excuse me, John Jansek, Dave Johnson, obviously hard to adjust, hard to kind of implement a positive culture and whatnot. You know, the offensive line struggled, that hurt the offense overall. The defense was out of sorts, just missed assignments, missed tackles everywhere. It, it's really hard to pinpoint it on one thing. It was kind of just general team struggling and you hope in the offseason this year leading into the season they can develop more of like a positive culture and some more chemistry because they clearly lacked that in the locker room last year.
0: Yeah that's a good point um, probably difficult to pinpoint one specific thing and be like this is the reason that CSU lost nine games last year uh, but you mentioned you know you mentioned the missed tackles you mentioned the, the lack of discipline on defense and that definitely stood out to me there were you know, thinking back to last year, I think back to that incident with Trey Thomas and John Jancic on the sideline just mm. screaming at each other. Look, I'm not going to lie. Coaches and players challenge each other. That happens. But to do it so publicly, it just was not a good look, man. And uh, if I'm a booster and that's – that's if I see my 3-9 and nine football team and then the players and coaches are screaming at each other on the sideline, I'm going to be a little bit hesitant. Uh, but it seems like the players – have bought into John Jancic, at least in the early stages of camp. Would
1: you agree with that? I would, and, and I agree with you. I think the Trey point, the trade situation was actually the lowest point of the season. Some would say the Illinois State loss, some other losses. I would say the Trey Thomas moment is probably the worst thing you want to see out of a first-year coordinator and one of the nicest players on the team. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more out of a matter of frustration of not getting positive results. And I think these guys have bought into Jancic. I think he's doing well and. You know, it takes a while for a coordinator to fully build trust, and I think a year has done that, and people are finally starting to understand his concepts, starting to work well with him. I would say the defense is bought into him, and they obviously brought in some better pieces this year. I would say overall, you know, it's not going to be your best defense, but as we've learned, CSU relies on their offense. They really only need an average defense to be solid, and I, you know, I think they can get there, at least a better chance of last year of getting there.
0: That's a good point, man. I think. You don't need a stellar defense. It'd be great to have, you know, a superstar defense that just shuts an opposing offense down. But, you know, given the last couple years, I I think back to, like, 2017 with Mm -hmm. that offense. You know, they're putting up, like, I think it was, like, 36 or 37 points a game. But, you know, you're giving up, like, 30-plus a game, too. You just got to be... You just got to give them a chance. And last year, there were times where this defense, they just didn't give them a chance. The offense didn't really... They did not like the offense was out here winning ball games, and the defense just blew it. Yeah, But, you know, you, you, you bring up a good point about this team. Definitely relies on offense. And so, you know, let's transition to the offensive side of the ball a little bit. Colin Hill, probably the biggest, along with determining, you know, the starting five of the offensive line, probably the biggest question mark going into the season is, how healthy is Colin Hill? We've only gotten to see him in limited reps so far, just a little bit of indie work. But based on what we got to saw see us all based on what (laughs) we got to see colin looks healthy for the first time in a couple of years i personally think colin hill has nfl potential when healthy what is colin hill's ceiling in your opinion
1: i think he has an extremely high ceiling and i really think he's the key to this team this year too if you think about it like we said the defense doesn't need to be great it can be mediocre, but even if it's bad, you know, if Colin Hill's good enough and he puts him in shootouts, they're going to win more games. A little off topic, wanted to note that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think his ceiling is could be one of the best quarterbacks in the Mountain West. I don't know about NFL yet, just because we haven't seen that much out of him. I could see it happening, but... Can't really make a good prediction on that until the middle of the season. But I'm confident in Colin Hill, man. And coming back last year contributes to that. You knew he was going to be bad when he came back last year. You knew he was going to be rusty. But if he didn't do that, he wasn't going to be ready for this year. And through two days of camp, I know it's only two days, but, you know, he does look ready.
0: You know, the thing that jumps out (laughs) to me about Colin Hill, and this this has nothing to do with football, this is just sitting in the audience listening to Colin Hill speak for about ten minutes yesterday. (laughs) Colin Hill, like... I would follow that guy into a river. I don't know like <laughs> he's so, he's just so calming, his yeah. presence he speaks, and I don't know what it is, man. you believe him i don't I don't know why, but I think it's the trait of a good leader, and you know maybe maybe that helps this offense this year if you're a CSU fan, you're looking for those silver linings. Maybe your silver lining is that Colin Hill is just a good leader, but it, it's it's going to be a fun season. I want to talk a little bit about recruiting. We're not going to get too in-depth here because I'm gonna have Eddie back in the near future for a more in-depth recruiting episode of this podcast but Eddie is a recruiting specialist it would be dumb of me not to get his input while we have him here so Eddie how are things going for CSU
1: on the recruiting front yeah they're going pretty well and um, there's a couple primary targets that CSU's decently close to landing whether you know however you want to look at it you never know with recruiting uh, two kids just took on officials last weekend. Weston Wallace, a three-star offensive tackle from Georgia. somehow actually only has one FBS offer. He goes to a very small size high school, kind of off the beaten path. Enjoyed his visit. CSU looks favorable for him. Another kid, Neil Politano, I just wrote a story on today unranked defensive tackle slash offensive guard. He's got about 10 offers. He was actually on the unofficial with Weston Wallace. The two connected and seem to be good friends now. They followed each other on Twitter. They told me they want to play together in college maybe, so I keep your eye on that. Uh, one other tidbit, two high school teammates from Gaffney, South Carolina. Spare me on this kid's name. I don't know if I'll pronounce it right. Jamari Littlejohn is his name apparently. says 24-7 sports, but... Um, He is a three-star outside linebacker who just put CSU in his top six, and his buddy, a wide receiver on the team, Stan Ellis, also a three-star, has CSU in his top six too. They both want to decide by early season, end of summer, I'm pretty sure. Not confirmed yet, but they've told me in the past that they will be planning visits to CSU, so keep your eye on those things. Very interesting.
0: Um, You you mentioned the first lineman, Wallace, from Georgia there. One of the You know, we won't go too in depth in this too, because I think this is this could be a podcast episode in itself. Mm -hmm. But you know, one of the great debates among CSU fans is whether CSU recruits the state of Colorado enough. Now, you're not from Colorado. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I am. (laughs) What's your perspective?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, people say that because they don't land enough Colorado kids. But when you do look at a lot of these players, it's like they're offering them. And you're right, they probably aren't trying hard enough, but, you know, they're at a disadvantage. You have Bobo who can go back to Georgia, who can go back to the South. We talked about this actually previously, and he can get some of these kids who don't get the Power 5 offers they're dreaming of. And then, you know, he spits his Georgia spiel and the coaching staff does. So you're probably right. I mean, I don't think they recruit Colorado enough, but I don't mind how Bobo is going about it. You know, he's using his connections. You'll get MedBed in the basketball team. He's a Midwest guy. They're recruiting the Midwest like crazy. They're recruiting Illinois. They're recruiting Minnesota. They're recruiting Wisconsin because they can, and that's where they're truly connected. They're obviously still going to go in Colorado, but you know, you got to go where you have your best shot, and Bobo's done well at it in the past. You know,
0: I think that's like, that's something that a lot of fans don't necessarily think about. Yeah. Um, you know, these coaches, they recruit where they know. They go where they have connections. Uh, a couple years ago, well, shoot, I'm dating myself now, but about five, six years ago when I worked under Jim McElwain, Marty English was still here. Marty English was a defensive coordinator, obviously, great guy. Uh, but Marty English is the most connected coach in the state of Colorado. He's coached at Wyoming, CSU, Greeley. He is, co- you know, he's coached d one football for 30-plus years, almost all exclusively in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Nobody recruits Colorado quite like Marty. Since he's gone, I feel like maybe his presence with some of these bigger programs in Colorado is missed. That's one of the one areas where we are missing Marty's presence. I'm not saying it wasn't time for a change as far as you know, the coordinator status goes, uh, but it's, it's definitely food for thought. The, 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 other, the other point that... You know, if you're a Colorado person and you have a Colorado person, Colorado native, and you need to recognize that there's only so many D1 players that are going to come out of this state. Now, the quality of football has improved significantly in the state of Colorado, especially 5A programs like Cherry Creek Valor. They are sending legit D1 players. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just want to get the best players you can get. And if Mm. that's in the South, that's the South. Exactly.
1: I completely agree. There's like a weird expectation amongst fans in college football and college basketball that you need to recruit within your state. And I get it. It's cool. You want to see kids playing at the team you love that went to a high school you've heard of. But it just really doesn't make sense. Like you said, go after the best players you can get wherever they are. I'll make a weird connection to DePaul College Basketball because I'm from the Chicago area. I get there's a lot of really good high school recruits in Chicago. So DePaul fans, obviously, have the struggling state of the team, just freak out that you're not recruiting in the city. And I get it. That's how they succeeded in the 80s and the 70s, went to a couple Final Fours, one Final Four, excuse me. But it's like... The recruiting game has changed. These kids from Chicago are going to Duke. They're going to North Carolina. They're going to Kentucky. What worked in the 80s isn't going to work now, and it's just an irrelevant point. If you want to build this team up, why are you telling them to go after five-star kids just because they're from Chicago? It just really doesn't make sense to me. No, You've got to get the
0: kids that you can land, mm-hmm. and then you know the cards fall how they fall. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. We're going to have Eddie on here probably a lot, probably as much as he's willing to tolerate me. <laughs> Mostly because I just I enjoy the opportunity to chat with these other guys. They're brilliant football minds. They have great content. Uh, make sure you follow Eddie. Eddie, tell the people where they can follow your work.
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Eddie underscore hers. And my 247 site is rams.com. I'm running the CSU 24-7 page. We actually have a deal right now. If you subscribe for one month for about 9 bucks, you get two months free. That's valid through the august 6th i didn't even realize i'd be on this podcast today. a convenient time to say that so yeah appreciate having me on the show and everything eddie thank you so much for joining me yeah. always
0: fun to talk with you if you're a csu fan make sure you follow bsn rams make sure you follow 247 sports keep up to date with everything we've got going we're the dream team baby all right we'll be back after the break rams football is back the wait is over It's time for fall camp, and we're giving you the best deal that we've run since we went to the free t-shirt format with subscriptions, but it won't last long. Here's the deal. If you use the code GORAMS, you will get our annual package for $34.99, which not only is a $10 discount off our current annual package, but it comes out to $291 per month, which is almost 50% off our standard monthly price. But it's not just about the discount, you're also getting a free premium Rams t-shirt, which is a $27 value. You get to have your comments read on this podcast. You get all of our exclusive content on bsndenver.com. And if you don't like reading, but you want the inside details, subscribers get all of our Broncos written stories in audio form, meaning we read all of our written content to you. And then, of course, there's our film reviews, game grades, and just being part of the BSN Rams community. So go to bsndenver.com or download the app and use the promo code GoRams, all one word, to join the family today. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much again to Eddie Hers for joining me. I think that last segment was a lot of fun. I hope that the audience enjoyed listening to it. Uh, we're, we're just about done here today, but I wanted to go ahead and take a moment to respond to a few comments from uh, the Mount Rushmore of Sports podcast. This is a new thing that I'm going to be trying to do more frequently. If you listen to some of the other BSN podcasts, they do this, uh, especially the BSN Broncos podcasts. But I just wanted to respond to some of the comments on the podcast, incentivize people to comment more in the future. I think that it's a lot of fun, and you know, hope so. Yeah, definitely comment. First one uh, we got a question from user Hard Rocker, uh, it looks like Gerard Miller. Uh, while not really relevant to, lo- to the last podcast, I'm curious as to your thoughts on what it would take to get CSU into a Power 5 conference. If they could get into one, the extra money would be huge for all their sports programs. This is a great question, Hard Rocker. You know, the, the what do G5 schools need to do to get into a Power 5 conference is, is really highly debatable. Um, from my understanding of the situation the the biggest influence on you know getting into a power conference actually has nothing to do with sports itself it really it comes down to the university the quality of the university academic rankings um, you know these decisions they're made by school presidents and chancellors not athletic directors they're not made by the kind of people that are gonna focus solely on winning losing it's more about the brand as a whole and what do you, what does your university do To increase the value of our brand as a conference, let's say, you know, the Pac-12 or the Big 12 for instance, what does CSU bring to the table for those conferences? That's that's the big debate is is whether CSU is a reputable enough university to really improve you know the status of a conference. I'm a CSU guy, Um, I'm I'm not talking down on CSU or the quality of the university at all. In fact, I think actually the argument helps CSU because it's a great school. So I think the fact that if you're taking, you know, like a CSU, it would make more sense than Boise State, which was, you know, basically a junior college until two decades ago. So yeah, what, what does CSU need to do? I think they need to keep on doing what they're doing. I think they need to keep on investing resources into the university as a whole. You work on your football facilities. You work on your other facilities for your sports, your resources. But, you know, more than anything, it's just focus on making CSU the best university that it possibly can be. And maybe the dominoes fall. Maybe they don't. But I don't think CSU rattling off three, you know, ten straight or, you know, three straight ten win seasons is going to be what would ultimately get them in a Power Five conference. In fact, I think it almost has little to no impact on the decision. I think it, it, it just goes so much more into the quality of the university as a whole. I think CSU is well on their way. I think that when they invested in the new stadium, they were certainly keeping that in mind, but it's going to be interesting. So great question, Hard Rocker. Really great question. I appreciate it. Uh, next comment. Uh, it's a little bit longer, so bear with me. From Mile High Mike, but I definitely wanted to read it because it was... It made me really happy. First time commenter, but I've been listening to BSN podcasts for months now. All of them. I love BSN and love feeling like part of a family. I grew up in Fort Collins from the time I was six months old and left when I was 19. Now six years later, FOCO is still home sweet home, but I'm living in Las Vegas for the moment. The homesickness is terminal and your podcast helps tremendously. As a Rams fan, who do you think is the best rivalry? I always love to hate Wyoming because being away from Colorado has made me find joy in supporting any representation of Colorado. So I actually like to see CU and Air Force do well, as long as it's not at the Rams' expense. I'll cheer for them anytime. Question for you is, do you think the Rams can contend for a bowl game this season? If not, how many years are we from being a legitimate contender again and a feared team in the Mountain West? Do you think we're heading in the right direction? Or do things have th- or do you think things have to get worse before they get better? Thanks for the coverage, and I'm sto- so stoked to be a loyal follower and commenter. Go Rams. Wow, that was, that was a little bit of a mouthful, so sorry I read the whole thing. But my hi Mike. That was a great comment. It really means a lot to me. I'm so glad that you're listening to this podcast. It, it genuinely means a lot to me. I spend a lot of time producing these. I'm still getting under my feet, but the, you know this is something that takes a couple hours out of my day every day. The fact that you're listening means a lot. I hope that this podcast brings you just a little bit of taste of Fort Collins all the way out in Las Vegas. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe next time I'm out in Las Vegas, uh, we can meet up or something, and I'll get you get a little segment of you on the podcast. That would be great. But to answer your question, uh, there's a couple of them in here, so I'm going to go back. As a Rams fan, who do you think is the best rival? From the CSU Rams fan perspective, the the best rivalry and the most important rivalry is kind of a, it's a tough, it's a loaded question because if we're talking about younger, younger fans, the people I'm saying will say 28 and younger, it's undoubtedly CU. And that has much to do with just like the tone of the rivalry over the last, you know, 25 years or so. It's really the only stage of the rivalry historically where you could say it was competitive between both schools that really hasn't been the case over the last five years or so um but personally if we're going what do i think should be the most important rivalry i'm gonna have to agree with you it should be wyoming it should be the border war one of the one of the the greatest storied rivalries in college football we these schools have been playing each other for over in over a hundred straight years, man. I mean, what's what's better than that? So yeah, I got to go with Wyoming just for the sake of the. I, it's a conference game, like you said. You have the history, the border war. You have, we're real close. The intensity of the moment, and you know, if we're being honest, the game means so much to Pokes fans that. I just I love the intensity of it. I To me, it feels more like a, a rivalry, an important one, but that's a great debate. Go ahead and respond to us at BSN Rams. What is the most important rivalry to you? Great question, Mile well, Mike. Uh, I'm going to answer your other question before we move on here, and that is, do you think the Rams can contend for a bowl game this season? If not, how many years are we from being a legitimate contender? Does it have to get worse before it gets better? The Rams, they can contend for a bowl game this season. Will they? That's to be determined. I think, look, I just—I don't want to put too much hype into practice when they're wearing shorts and T-shirts and stuff. I just think we don't know enough about this team yet to really answer that. Is there enough talent on paper to compete for a bowl game? Absolutely. Will this team put it together? I don't know. They definitely didn't last year. You're counting on the offensive and defensive coordinators to step up significantly. The defense needs to be a whole lot better than it was last year. They need to give up about 15 points less per game. I mean, that might be a little dr- dramatic to ask, but you get what I'm saying. They need to give up way less points. They need to talk about it. The offensive line needs to be more consistent. You are trying to replace a couple of very experienced wide receivers. So, yeah, there's a lot of... There's just a lot of variables at the moment. I think that with Colin Hill and, you know, Mike Bobo back in the picture, finally passed all some of that those health issues that kind of plugged them last year. Yeah, this team is good enough to win six games and go to the postseason. I think at the very minimum, this team needs to win five games this season. Uh, I think they're good enough to win seven, maybe eight, if you somehow, you know, beat CU or... End up winning some of these non-conference games, but yeah, what what ends up happening? To be determined. Uh, going to be a kind of a difficult conference slate. You got to play San Diego State and Fresno State, so you got to play the two best teams from that side of the division. Boise State's always tough. You know, the Border War back in Laramie—that's going to be tough. Air Force does come here; that's a winnable game. New Mexico on the road—very winnable game. So yeah, you know, this team—they they should compete for a bowl game this year. Will they? That's to be determined. But I really appreciate you listening, Mile High Mike. I hope that this podcast is bringing you a little taste of Fort Collins in Vegas. And I really appreciate all of you that are listening. I know I responded just to these two commenters now, but I know there's more of you out there that aren't necessarily commenting, but you are supporting us, and it means a ton. I hope you guys are enjoying the content we're putting out. If you have any ideas, feel free to always tweet at me, at Justin T. Michael or at BSN Rams. But, yeah, fun week. We'll be back on Monday with another episode of this podcast. We got practice on Saturday. Hopefully going to try and get an interview on Saturday. Uh, So looking to have another guest on Monday. But all right, man. Have a great weekend, guys.